ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Lunchtime Special Podcast. A show about life, death and everything in between. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello guys. In this week's episode, we're expanding on the ideas of prejudice and how it applies to discipline and punishment. The carrot or the stick. It's an interesting discussion. We hope you enjoy it. Now on to the show. Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to another episode of Lunchtime Special. I'm your host for the day, Surenga, aka The Void. In today's discussion, we'll be going through prejudice and discipline, consequences and punishments. In our panel, we have Ian. Howdy. We got Brad in today as well. Hello. Spiro. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Simon. Hi, all And then we got Atish. Hey, guys. Abstraction and perpetual existence. Good. Now, let's start this question off. So some of you listeners may be aware that Will Smith, who is turning 50 soon, and he is, um, for his 50th birthday, he's going to be jumping off the helicopter, doing bungee jumping on top of the Grand Canyon. The reason behind this, so Will Smith, he's a very influential guy. He's a famous actor and he's coming to the age of 50 now and he's got the whole family behind him. And there's always that dependency within the family uh, that he has, but he's the more the risk taker type where he would still go do those sort of things, even though there is that dependency that he will make sure that he can try and live up to his desires and his dreams and everything. So what I wanted to find out from Brad first, so now you have a family with you as well. Do you think if you were given the option to do a bungee jumping or some sort of fear risk-taking activity, would you be willing to take that on knowing that you have a family that is dependent on you? Yes, I would still enjoy it. Um, I would just probably make sure if I'm jumping out of the plane or jumping out of a helicopter, there's definitely a bungee rope attached. So you were still willing to take the risk, knowing that there will be the slight chance that there might not be like you leaving your family far, far away. Well, you sort of have that trust that when you're bungee jumping, the people aren't doing it for the first time. So you're just, I I guess you are heavily relying on the equipment to be secure, but you're also relying not to be hit by a bus when you cross the road. Yeah. Um, So there's there's always the fear of dependency. Like I I wouldn't want anything to happen to me just to make sure my family's provided for, but I wouldn't put myself in a shell and live purely for that. So that's exactly what I'm sort of expecting. So the, the reason behind this, so as a parent and a guardian of a kid, the, the whole attitude is a, is it to do with the fact that are we going to live our life lead by leading by examples going forward and still taking the risk or do we I'll start reducing risk start taking and doing activities to reduce the risk which in the long run you're building up a prejudice system within the kid to follow the suit the same way I want to ask your opinion on that as well Spiro. 
it's an interesting subject because my views have been molded by my parents and their their view on risk taking. For example, coming from a Greek background, you were heavily advised through a lot of smacking to not do things which may potentially well potentially hurt you if you did fall over and did hurt yourself, so you're riding a skateboard or your bicycle, you would get hit for falling. So you built this resistance to risk was uh, sort of indoctrinated in me. So it took a while to actually step out of that. It can definitely build a prejudice because you then carry it through life and it's like, okay, well, I don't, the fear of loss and the fear of getting hurt, therefore I won't invest in something. I won't invest in this or that because if I do and it doesn't work out, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? Uh, so there's that. And there's also that Im- impacts prejudice against, for example, people in general. Your parents could say, don't don't associate with those type of people because they can hurt you. They'll take you away or whatever, whatever fabricated story they, they tell you. And then you carry that with you saying, look, I never hang around with those people because they're, they're bad. They're on the other side of the tracks. Yeah. And, and so now as a parent myself, I'm constantly assessing that. And it's interesting how much I say automatically and then I have to pull myself back and go, that wasn't me talking. That was actually my mother or my dad. That is actually how many prejudices begin, how biases begin, where you you take them unconsciously, you adopt them and you just carry them forth. Yeah. So one point I want to ask from Simon is, do you see uh, in terms of setting an example, does punishment is that a feasible thing to a kid where teaching them a lesson in that way, do you think that's uh, the right way of going thing or do we, do we need to have that in place or is it something we do not want to have at all? Interesting question. Punishment, I guess, it depends on what, what they've done and depends on what kind of rules. You can either make something on the spot or you can actually have the rules built in. So what I mean by that is you can have a dog that pisses on your rug and you can punish it for it by rubbing its nose in it. Now that to me is a just punishment, so to speak, when you're educating some Somebody. And then you can have cruel punishments where if, if, if your son steals a cigarette from you, then you make him smoke a whole packet of cigarettes. Now, you can, they're both punishments, but it's up to the individual and up to your parenting style to determine which is the applicable or what is just. I mean, nowadays you see, I mean, we're all probably in this room being smacked as kids for whatever wrongdoing we've done. Some of us maybe experienced something a little bit worse. Today's day and age, they look at kids and they go, you know, you can't touch them. You can't tell them off. You have to bear with them. Now, to me, there's, there's a thing about letting your kids sit in your head. And I think that's translated in today's society. They're soft, they've been spoiled, and they have a lot more luxuries than we ever had. So in my view, as a generation grows, so does your view on how your parenting styles and behaviors. That's all I'd like to say on that. So my view on parenting in that respect is that it's actually kind of in contrast to Simon's because as a kid, I was hit. And as Simon mentioned, all of us probably had that experience. But my reaction wasn't to say or feel that this is normal or this is behavior that I'd like to continue with. It, part of the reason why I think maybe this this whole aversion to smacking as an example happened is because of the fact that of that experience, right? It, it's a, it's an opposite experience. You don't get prejudiced to smacking because in favor of it because you've experienced it. It was an aversion of it because you didn't want your kids to go through the same thing. Full disclosure though, I don't have kids, so I don't have that. I mean, the situation might change as soon as you have a kid, what do you do? Like it's crying, it's not doing the right thing. The natural reaction is to, to punish rather than, and I, I kind of do experience that because I've I've got a dog who, when he does something annoying, I just want to, you know, bop him on the nose. But 
Yeah. So for me, as as it stands right now, my reaction is opposite to, to maybe the experiences that others have had. Yeah. The, what I want to ask Atish is, so we touched on the parenting side of things a little bit. So I'm going to try and touch on the guardian side, the teaching side of things as well, in terms of schooling, uh, how we got raised and how the current schooling system is. So, so as you may be aware, Tish, uh, it definitely in a lot of, in the Eastern countries as well, so there's a, the teacher would punish you, literally will punish you if you don't do your studying or within the primary school sector. Like it's not just the primary, even to the high, high school as well. So do you think that is a, the motivation that is required in for, in order for the kid to get raised? Or do you think that is just a, uh, something, it's a byproduct that we don't need, actually need? Hmm. Well, I would look at it from a very objective perspective. So the objectivity is that anything which happens in existence, it happens for a purpose on different, different levels. For children, we have certain purpose. We want them to upgrade to their next grades. We want, if the child is not able to walk, we want that child starts to walk. If it's able to walk, we want that it starts to run. And this continuum is quite phenomenal on different, different levels of human age groups and even on and widespread on genders also and the states also. Now, there is a say that no motion is possible without friction. Even to have a one-step walk, you need to develop that friction so that you can get that momentum to walk that one step. So touching the point of risk, what makes you assured that the next breath will come for sure when it is not in your control and it is an autonomous phenomena? What makes you so assured that you will breathe the next breath? Every moment you are living in a risk because it is not an intelligence which is triggered by you. So it is a bit relative reality of teaching or parenting or guardianship we are actually trying in our version of truth that we impart something good for the children. However, we, we try it and it comes from a lot of research and also that we find out the ways that we can make them realize and practically touch things so that they learn rather than we go and punish them to do not to do something because that they find that it's not very effective. So punishment, but there is one more aspect to it from my side that when you are in the children age group, your mind is not holding things quickly or not for a longer run. You're not interested to hold information and do contemplation on it for perpetual thing as we old guys are doing. <laughs> <laughs> so you are busy that after one year, my, after one hour, my, my class will over, I'll get to play with my friends or I will get to swim somewhere or I'll get to watch my favorite cartoon show. So being a child, you, no matter if somebody's kind of if you're getting a bit of slap, you just erase it quickly because you are more interested into the new things you are experiencing in your daily life. Saying that it is just an observation. I'm not advocating that punishment is right or punishment is wrong, but I'm just putting my views on it. So your child, if it is not walking, when it starts to walk, actually it learns to walk. So it is, there is a risk involved into it that if he will be able to walk or not. What makes you walk forward? Why did not you learn to walk backward? That is also a prejudice, which is actually in a way we are developing all these prejudices to exist. So taking a risk, being a parent or not being a parent, this is an infinite possibilities area. You do things because you want something more meaningful in your life. And this is this is how the human perception is. We always look for something more meaningful. Whatever we have already achieved, we have analyzed, we have digested, we have used. Now we develop, establish our foundation on top of that and we move forward. So I think there is no end. We reach to space. We are trying to reach to Mars. Next, possibly we will be um, colonizing. I mean, I think one very famous scientist, what is his name? Is Japanese one? 
Um, he is coming to uh, Sydney, Australia, possibly in next few months, and he yeah, is the futurist. Talk, yeah, the futurist one. Futurist, yeah. yeah. So he's going to talk about how will we colonize galaxies. <laughs> so there is no ending to your risk-taking capabilities, and you will keep on progressing your prejudices also. So I think it is a parallel activities. My perspective is this, but I did not. I answered everything. I did not answer your question. If the <laughs> if the punishment is right or wrong, actually. I, I think it, it needs to be a fine balance that you are touching till a point that the child is actually able to understand your actual meaning, which is actually helpful for him or her. That is what your end goal should be. Yeah. In summary, do you think so? The punishment in its form is only effective at a point where it's because when a baby is when a kid's growing, the rate of learning it is not the rate of learning is very slow in that sense, right? It's coming into a society that is not like don't know what society is giving them so in that in scenario punishment should not be the case punishment ultimately if it cannot trigger those hormones which can kind of intensify intellect or the thoughtfulness of the child then punishment has no sense for example when i was in india when i was a kid i used to study in a very remote area very kind of very remote area we did not have any facilities whatsoever so whenever i was doing some mistake so my teachers they used to say get mm. into this position so i show you this guy's position the position was like this yeah so this position was like this they used can to you describe it to kind so, of so. yes they used to ask me to be on this position for 10 15 minutes it was painful position and then they used to put one brick on my back also all right to describe it to the listeners basically what atish was doing that he was squatting and then wrapping his arms from inside and underneath his from behind his elbows and back over his back of his neck so basically in a frog pose yeah so basically so locking himself in into like a, a squat yes and you need to be in this position for like 10 minutes 15 to 20 minutes as a punishment that was really ridiculous i was so painful we used to feel so horrible and last year i was in melbourne and one very famous doctor of melbourne he was using this technique on autistic patients and his research is showing that this position is actually triggering something in left hemisphere and right hemisphere and you can find it on youtube as super yoga wow so, so i do not I, i mean you know it's like very relative what you exactly that's what it is that the punishment that you're given in the back in the days is might be beneficial now pretty much i don't want to advocate again saying to say punishment is the solution Well, isn't it the whole idea of tough love? I mean, you, if you want to, you want to discipline your children. You want to even discipline people by reprimanding them in a way if they've they've broken a rule or a law. Question is, an a suitable punishment that is of the same weight and value to the the crime. So, I guess when you have corporal punishment where people are executed, now is that mm-hmm. that to me in my mind is that punishment is there's nothing to justify killing someone, right? But on the flip side, a parent saying, hey. put that thing down and the kids waving a, a pair of scissors or is is snatched a knife from the top of the from the kitchen table and they're not listening to you you you're saying it nicely say three four times and they're still waving this sharp thing and they potentially hurt themselves well the last result will be you would you may slap them across the bottom on the back of the leg and say just to shock them out of it say no please stop so it's that fine line between a suitable punishment suitable approach to discipline to the crime or this incident or the situation i'm pretty sure Brad will probably agree to that as well 
Yeah, I agree. So the only time I've really ever hit my son is when he's trying to shove something in a PowerPoint. So sort of like, you know, a, a smack on the hand is a lot less of a punishment than letting him electrocute himself to learn. Yeah. So if the punishment uh, outweighs the benefit in that sort of, that's the basis. I would suggest, I mean, that we don't stack ourselves into punishment word because punishment word is actually serving certain intentions. And that yeah. force actually is to bring something better in the child's life. So punishment in itself is not an existential entity. It is just a notion to say we want certain objective to be achieved by the child. And we are calling it punishment for the sake of punishment, but actually we are trying to serve some purpose out of it, right? There's also the adverse of rewarding. So rewarding good behavior as well. So not just punishing the bad behavior, but also rewarding the good behavior. Rather than punishment, do you think at the word discipline, it's relevant in this scenario where discipline, it could be in that category, but where you have certain different activities as such, and where you're not actually going into actually using force in a way to teach a lesson, but you're using a, a form of art or some sort of activities that makes them go in that right direction. So a bit of a guidance in, rather than more of a form of punishment. No. I think actually the topic is more, how do you teach? Is it the stick or carrot? I think that way at least it yeah. is not so narrow. The stick or the carrot, I like that. That's, well, that's it. All right. On that, Ian, what do you think the best way of teaching, the best way of disciplining? So something that while you guys were speaking that I was thinking about was the times when I was a kid where I was doing things that were wrong and I knew that they were wrong and I was still doing them anyway. And at the time, I don't think I knew why, but not necessarily that it was how wrong it was, why it was uh, that it was wrong. It was the why I was doing the wrong thing, even though that I knew that it would result in whatever punishment. And I think it's only been later in life when I've been able to reflect now on those decisions as to why those things were happening. And the two things that the, I guess, well, like say is that there's the, the thing that someone is doing wrong. And then there's the greater thing, which is I was supposed to come home from school, primary school and be home by four o'clock. But what I used to do every day, I used to go to the games parlor and I would be there until like 4.45 and, you know, being 12 or 11 years old, that would freak my parents out. So the, the wrong thing I was doing was not coming home on time. But the the reason behind that was because there were a lot of difficulties at home. But at the time, it wasn't something that I understood. So even though I knew it was the wrong thing to do, even though I knew that it would result in some severe punishment, I guess the underlying impulse that drove those decisions kind of overrid that. And and this is why I think that it's interesting in the context of punishing you punishing people or rewarding people. People don't always know why they're doing the wrong thing and people will get punished for doing the wrong thing, but that's actually not the systemic issue that needs to be solved. So, uh, I mean, again, coming from someone without children, it's far, far more easy for me to, to kind of say things like, oh, look at the bigger picture when you, you're smacking your kid. But but I'd, I'd like to hear your Brad and Spiro's thoughts uh, on this. I know. It, yeah, it's difficult. A good example would be when I was younger, I, I was one of those children that used to run away all the time. And rather than fixing the problem of why I was running away, it was more, you know, punishing for running away. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's hard to say. Because at that time, to go get to the bottom of the course, is, <laughs> at that age, you won't be able to comprehend that, you, right? You yeah. don't understand the difference yet yeah, yeah. at that age between Band-Aid fixes and actually fixing the issue. 
Yeah. But I mean, like for me, I'm, the question I'm asked, the reason why I wanted to ask you guys is as parents, like, okay, so your child is trying to stick a fork in a uh, socket. That necessarily is a wrong thing to do. But is the systemic issue that the house is not baby proof? As an example, like uh, obviously when they're a very young age, kids don't understand what they're doing in general. So it, it's very hard to do a more big picture kind of view of it. But when you're definitely between the ages of six and 18, I would say that when we try and teach kids, we don't treat issues, we only treat symptoms. Haven't neurologists shown that we don't really develop the part of the brain that really understands consequences effectively until we're about the age of 21? So until that age, until you literally have matured enough, you really can't project your, your mind and yourself forward enough to think, if I do this, bad things can happen. If I do this, this will happen. Uh, a lot of the punishments that we do or a lot of experience in childhood or the way we behave towards our children stems from the fact that we don't know, we, we can't judge the situation correctly and we can't uh, foresee any problems from what we're doing, our actions. On the flip side, there's also a approach. Some people are just heavy handed with everything they do and laws are restrictions and because of social norms, Therefore, if you break that, that's a different thing. That's it's sort of a, a belief in a person just can't see you know, what the future holds. It's more like the social norm dictates this. And if you, do, if you break this norm, you're suddenly going to be punished. Like, for example, when I was five years old, I was reprimanded by my kindergarten teacher for drawing outside of the lines and coloring my frog red as opposed to green like the rest of the classmates. Mm-hmm. Now, that is pretty pointless. It's a colored frog. I'm five years old. Seriously, like why would anyone generally get upset by that? But, you know, I was told that's not the way you color a frog. Frogs are green. You went outside the square. But the social norm is you always draw between the lines. You're, yeah. Yeah, that's the idea. So that's a really trivial, but as a five-year-old, it really impacted me because I firstly dislike teachers, hate authority, and basically try to do whatever I want as much as I can and don't like being told what to do. So, hey, it really affected me. But then you have other scenarios where you're a teenager and you're 15, 16 years old and you steal a pack of smokes and you, you, you steal a car, you go for a joyride. These kids are minor really can't think it through, really has potentially bad home life, limited education. The influences, the impacts on that individual are great. And we're going to basically, and if they get caught by the police, they get nicked. Well, 15-year-old teenager, you're nicked. You've done something bad. You're going to pay the consequences. The kid doesn't even know what happened. Doesn't know where it came from, where the impulse came to even steal the car where the impulse came to steal the smokes, what pressures the society, his peers have applied to, to that person. So we judge crimes poorly. We tend to not really look at the overall picture, not in a holistic way. We tend to go A equals B, therefore the punishment is C. And that seems to be the norm because it's actually usually the fastest way to get a, a result in a court or just a result in society. Can I just say one thing? I think in the flip side of that coin, I think we excuse people too much for their behavior based on, oh, it wasn't me, it was the video games. Oh, it wasn't me, it was the abusive parents. Oh, it wasn't me, it was the, the nanny who touched me. It was always somebody else's fault. And I think sometimes, you know, people have to take responsibility for their actions. Even as you mentioned, 15-year-old kids, if he's taking going for a joyride, he knows what he's doing. He might not see the fact what happens when he gets done or the, the implications of his actions, but I'm sure he's aware of what he's doing on some level. He's just, that's the thing. There's always somebody else to blame behind their actions, you know. And I'm thinking that if you grow up within, with saying with your parents telling you that whatever you do, there are going to be consequences, and not because they're going to punish you or discipline you or not feed you or whatever you want to call it, but if you give them the 
control or power because I think a lot of the times when kids misbehave, it's all about a power trip. It's they want to go against your authority. They want to go because you can't tell me what to do. And if they want to stick something in an electrical socket, it's because they're getting no attention from you. That could be it. Maybe you're just not showing them any attention whatsoever. And the only way for them to act out is to do something that will actually get your attention, which is stop doing that. That's attention. That's the wrong kind of attention, but it's still attention. That's just my kind of two cents. Yes, they want attention from the parent or from from their peers and stuff. So is it their crime? Is it then their issue? I mean, yes, they may be aware, but they, they're, they're putting the the risk of being caught by the police lower than the uh, the fear of or the, the desire to have uh, acceptance by their peers or attention by their parents. So it's not, a, it's, I don't think it's a really black and white answer. It, it's actually all of the above. And even to extend that even further, some people like the punishment, if that makes sense. Some people know in the sense that people feel like they deserve it. Like I know that growing up, we didn't have a lot of money and I always felt inc- incredibly responsible as a 11 year old kid that obviously doesn't have a job and doesn't have any any say on the household finances but just the mere fact that I existed and I was causing these problems because I was a kid and that my family was struggling sometimes you feel like you deserve punishment even if you don't so yeah it's 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 a very complex I guess situation from a kid's perspective and from an adult's perspective it's probably even more complex because we're only viewing from our own glass as the tish would say and as an adult your glass is that you understand what is responsible what is irresponsible what is good behavior what is bad behavior what is consequences and and as you were saying spirit it's just as a kid you're just not mentally developed enough yet to understand it as a parent or a guardian or a teacher the role that i see is that knowing that you are not equipped with knowing everything which is the right and the wrong in that scenario where the action that the kid is doing in the first instance I understand in the first instance you want to make sure the the kid is protected and is safe and also everything above but at the same time some of these activities that the kid is doing it might be beneficial in the long run like there is always that approach you take in knowing that you want to give a bit of freedom available to the kid already up front just to let them know that that's that that is the they're not from the beginning they don't have that instilled on them that there's someone looking out over you all the time which they will carry on to the future that that's something i think more and more i see the the responsibility aspect of it of the parent and the guardian the teacher they have to let the kid ride the bicycle on his own i think with that we can wrap up the episode before i wrap it up let's bring it back to uh, Will Smith. First, happy birthday, Will Smith. <laughs> Hopefully, you survived jumping out of a helicopter into the Grand Canyon. Um, I saw the video of him announcing it, and you know, there was a bit of fear in his eyes, but he was also incredibly excited. He's privileged enough to be able to do such a thing. But at the same time, you know, I mean, he's, he's hitting 50, you know, and he's obviously quite fit, and he's, and he's doing well for himself. So is the, as a parent, is he doing the responsible thing for his family by, by taking that risk? It comes down to if the roles were reversed and that was his kid jumping out of it and did it without telling him, would that kid get punished? You know, mm. would he be like, hey, you're a minor, you don't know any better. You, you know, he's got two kids. Like, you've just jumped out of a helicopter with a bungee into the Grand Canyon. Are you insane? That type of thing as a parent may approach him. So, is it okay? So, is it now a um, bit of hypocrisy that we, the parents, could get away with it? Yeah, and then the, the, the it's quite interesting. 
It's quite interesting how um, the Will Smith family, the way they they are raising their kids, and they've been within the media, they've been sort of scrutinized for that. The fact that the way they are giving their kids a lot of freedom in that sense, where they're allowing them to grow in their own independent way, which is again, yeah, each parenting and guardian to themselves. Where, and that's that's what it comes down to. It boils down to where what kind of style you want to lead and will smith i reckon is leading by example and is doing his right thing again everyone is up to their own sort of decision making but i'll leave that to the audience i i think also dependency is a bit loose in that family because i mean they all seem to have their own ventures and have quite a bit of money behind them so that's sort of taken out of the equation for them as well yeah and I'm pretty sure Jaden was punished by being forced to be in After Earth, which was a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Atish, would you like to finalize anything before we close off? Your thoughts on this, the style of parenting and leadership and guardian? <laughs> um, what can I say? I just, I just say that same thing. Velocity comes with friction. So... Just keep nice. on hanging around the friction. Okay. Sorry for my abstract language. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a t-shirt phrase. Something right on a t-shirt. Do you want to okay, do the intro again? We'll make that into a t-shirt. It'll be sold on our website. <laughs> <laughs> See, whatever framework you put in place, right, for your kid, whatever his existential intelligence or whatever we call it, that energy, whatever direction it has to take, it will take. You want to make him an engineer or want to make him a doctor, ultimately he or she will land up to where he or she existential. I mean, organically from their inside, they will be driven to. So you can only play around the shallow boundaries, surface boundaries, which is meaningful, definitely. But ultimately, that inner force, the, the nurturing of that inner force, so that it takes its trajectory to something expanded, something meaningful, that is, will take place. As a parent, we are just taking care of the ages. I mean, this is just my personal opinion. Taking care of, just uh, passing the burden on, the torch on, that's what it is, right? That's it, yeah. Simon, did you have any... Um, I didn't see the Will Smith jump or whatever, but in my opinion, he just wants to remain relevant. That yeah. I think I don't know any movies he's done lately. They're any good? I mean, last time I've seen with him was Suicide Squad. That was pretty crap. <laughs> and I think when you're hitting 50, you're kind of thinking, oh shit, midlife crisis. How do I main, you know, maintain relevancy? And so let me yeah. just do something wild. Uh, in terms of his kids, he's well insured. It doesn't matter what happens to him. They're well taken care of. And I think if you already Whatever discipline he had to give them, he already gave it to them by now. So I think no matter what he does, it doesn't affect them anymore, realistically. You know, I think there was also some turmoil between the relationship between him and her. Yeah. So you know, all of bit. that, all of that is going to have an impact. I mean, what we see on the outside is not what happens inside the household. That could be said for any of us. So what you, the face you show to the world is not the face that you basically, you know, that That's you true. have inside you. So take with a pinch of salt and good luck to him. Hey, if he's got the balls to jump out. You know, go for it. You know, yeah, all the best. Yeah, all the best. <laughs> With that, I think we can wrap up the podcast for today. If you guys have any feedback or anything, please feel free to go into our social media and give us your comments on that. Au revoir. You have been listening to the Lunchtime Special Podcast. Subscribe and like us on iTunes. Castbox, Spreaker and SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. 
or visit us at lunchtimespecialpodcast.com. Until next time.